Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, welcome into the Sweaters Forever podcast here on 105.3 The Fan. It's brought to you by Choctaw Casino and Resort. Welcome to Choctaw Casino and Resort, the ultimate destination for exciting gaming and live entertainment. Here, winning is never far away. Speaking of winning, the Winter Classic was recently here in Dallas Uh, The Nashville Predators took the L in Dallas. We'll get to that here in a little bit, but we've got more pressing matters to talk about. Gavin Spittle, my co-host of the Sweaters Forever podcast here. Hey, super thanks to Choctaw for jumping on. So glad we have an awesome sponsor. I was at Choctaw recently. Do not sleep on the Choctaw food. The restaurants there are impressive. I'm a big Choctaw guy, so... Uh, it was. It's an easy ride. Stopped at Bucky's on the way uh, up. You know the brand new Bucky's on the way yeah. up. Just a nice easy ride up seventy five. Found my way to Choctaw. Had a great dinner. Really enjoyed the whole night. Yeah, that's uh, it's good to hear. Did you uh, did you spend some time on the blackjack table? What was your uh, what was your game of choice, or what is the Gavin Spittle game you know, of that's, choice? That, that's fascinating. You know, I. I don't know why, but I've always been like a simple slot guy. I, okay, so I was just having this conversation recently yeah. with some friends, and I'm going to get on the slots next time I go. Yeah. Because all my friends have a story where they won a bunch of money on a slot machine. Right. And I need to have that story for myself. So I was, uh, I think I just turned 21 and I went to a casino. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, all right, I'm going to play. And there were $25 hands, but I said, oh, I'm going to roll. So I got a pair of kings. Mm-hmm. I played blackjack with my friends, and we were playing like quarters and everything. So I split the kings, which is so uh, not the did, right move. Yeah, what kind of looks did you get from the table? They were <laughs> mad. So a guy starts yelling at me. Uh, oh, my gosh. To the point where the dealer's like, you know, I'm going to honor this and do this for you. Yeah. Because I thought I was doing the right thing. I lose both hands. No, no. And the girl I was dating at the time, like, jumps all over me because I just lost $100 within five, 10 minutes. And oh. we just got there. So, therefore, I tell you that story <laughs> to tell you that I think one of the reasons and the, the cool thing about, you know, being up at Choctaw was they were so welcoming. But mm-hmm. I just have this fear of sitting at a table with people and making a wrong move, which screws up. And I think a lot of people are like me. Yeah. Whereas if I sit... At a video poker table or something like it's that. It's just you. It's just me. And then you and only I, deal with the consequences. I deal with the consequences yeah. <laughs> and, and go for there, you know? So I was fortunate enough, my cousin, uh, Kevin, is super into gambling and he taught me years ago all the unwritten rules of blackjack. So I've got them down in the back of my head. So it made me cringe when you first said that. 
that you yeah. split the Kings. Oh, absolutely. But you said you're 21, like yeah. a 21 year old kid. Like I think I started playing blackjack at like 23 or 24, and like I said. My cousin told me all the rules, and then I downloaded a game on my phone, so I'd just play fake blackjack so I would know, you know, when I see the cards, how to look and respond quickly and just do it. Right, right. I mean, I look back at those times, and now I would never do that. Right. Oh, my goodness. Right. <laughs> well, we got uh, we got some big news today yeah, in Dallas Stars Just land. breaking as we're recording this. Yeah, so Jim Montgomery just came out, obviously, what I guess is about a month ago now or so, that... It was announced that he was relieved of his duties as head coach of the Dallas Stars. Came out today in a statement released by Jim Montgomery that he has checked into a basically an alcohol wellness center. He's basically he's going to rehab, mm-hmm. and that you know he had been drinking too much, and that there was just there was just way too much going on. He was living an unhealthy lifestyle, and now he's about to get the help that he needs to get for him. Jim Montgomery, the person. Yeah, it's it's uh. You know, you're always glad that someone's getting treatment and they're taking that first step. And mm-hmm. I think that needs to be the focus of the story. Yeah. Um, it's sad what has happened. Um, I hope he gets another chance. I'm not sure if that will happen in the future. Um, I think people can surmise for themselves. Yeah. As far as, you know, what might have been the circumstances for his dismissal. Um, but at the same time, I definitely wanted to give you the forum because we had talked at the time and um, you took some criticism yeah. for saying what you know you thought was the reason and right. you, were, you were actually right. Yeah, I was actually right. Um, and it was a tough situation because the stars hadn't even commented on it yet. Jim Montgomery hadn't commented on it yet. But leading up to the decision to relieve Jim Montgomery of his duties, I had known a lot about Jim Montgomery and heard a lot in terms of this and, and the alcohol and and just the partying and having a really, really good time. So as soon as that happened, it, it just clicked with me right away. I sent a few text messages to some people in the know, and they hit me back and they said, look, this guy is beloved in that locker room. The ownership, the general manager, they all love him. Look what he did in his first season as a Dallas Stars head coach. This cannot be performance-related. It absolutely was off-the-ice related. Um, the rumors were swirling that I was getting from all these different people. I think it's just a really, you know, it's a sad situation because he was such a great head coach for the Dallas Stars. You yeah. know, you know the way what he was able to do with last year's team and the way that he was able to get them to respond this year after a one seven and one start. I think they went like thirteen one and one or something like that after that. Um, you know, and I'm not sitting here to do this just to say, hey, I'm right, you know, F you guys for getting mad at me. I understand the criticism. And looking back on it, you know, I, I do kind of regret saying I probably know what happens here. But I didn't 100% know, but yeah. I I I knew I had a real, I was really, really close to it. You I don't know? think you're in a, like if we started talking about some of the things that we've heard, first of all, it would be irresponsible right. us, mm-hmm. irresponsible journalism. Yeah. Um, and when you're in a situation like this, I just take my own personal life mm-hmm. as a person who is part of the employer who hires people. Right. It comes down to an employer employee issue. And I don't know if we should know the details involved because right. I can't release the details of all the moves that I make. I yeah. get asked all the time and they said, just tell us. I can't tell you. It's not fair to the employee that has departed, mm-hmm. and it's not fair to us. And there's also a lot of litigation circumstances. So, right. you know, you, you hear a bunch of stuff, and I think that's why the focus needs to be on Jim Montgomery's health, the health of his family, 
um, and hopefully that everything can get back together and Jim Montgomery can hopefully in some structure, in some way, bring hockey back into his life because you look at his track record and it was a short track record in Dallas, but it was a successful track record. Yeah. And then you look at what he did at the collegiate level, winning a national championship. So, I mean, the the resume is there for mm-hmm. another coaching opportunity. It's just he's going to have to prove that he is a changed man. And, you know, we, we talked about this before we started recording, and you brought up Ron Washington, who's moved yeah. back into a you know, a coaching position in baseball after what happened with him in the Texas Rangers and sort of like a first base or third base coach type role. Maybe Jim Montgomery can one day get back to that after some time. And once, you know, time heals all. They always say that. Absolutely. And uh, it's it looks like time's going to, it's what Jim Montgomery needs to heal himself and then maybe to kind of heal whatever, everything that was involved in this situation so that he can get another coaching well, opportunity. Well, and we are an evolving society with social media now, and sometimes yeah. social media doesn't allow second chances. Right. However, I remember as a child sitting in a room being spoken to by Craig McTavish, who at the time um, played for the Boston Bruins when mm-hmm. he was in a vehicular homicide wow. and was charged with DUI and spent time in prison. Yeah. Craig McTavish later became the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers and also, you know, was in their front office. Yeah. So it can happen. Right. And there is precedent for it to happen. The question is, that's pre-social right. media. Right. And what happens with social media moving forward? I hope first steps, you know, get healthy, get well, because I think. One of the things that was also well known about Jim Montgomery was how open he was as far as talking hockey. Yeah. And you saw it firsthand when I, you saw him at an appearance. Yeah. And how welcoming he was to talk with you and Corey. I was shocked. Yeah. And he was so honest with me. Like, I would just ask him and like I started off by saying, hey, look, I know you're here with your family. I don't want to just turn this into an interview, but I'd like to talk to you. And he just kind of crossed his arms and was like, let's go. Ask me some questions. Yeah. And I asked him. I asked him, you know. Some some questions that were more broad, and then I got real specific, talking about Justin Dowling, or you know, talking about specific players, maybe guys that he's not normally asked about. But he was very open, and and he took criticism upon himself with the uh, with the stars and how they started the season. You know, he said, "I think I was a little bit too harsh on him in the media." You know, and I said, he said, "I think that they thought that this season was going to be a little bit easier than it was when it first started because we added guys like Pavelski and Corey Perry. Yeah. They thought they were going to be able to just walk it, you know, waltz in after last season being on the doorstep of the Western Conference Finals and then, you know, reality hit them in the face because they had a really tough 10-game stretch there. But they don't they also lost games like the game to the Red Wings early on who are in town tonight. Yeah. So I was very very impressed, you know, with with his honesty and he had shown that before in some of those criticisms that he had of, you know, Tyler Sagan or Jamie Benn, just being way too brutally honest maybe at times, uh, which is kind of what he was addressing. So, um, you know, all my experiences with him were always positive ones, and obviously what he was able to do on the ice with the Dallas Stars were, were positive for the fan base, positive for us who cover the team. So, you know, going forward, I just wish him nothing but the best, and yeah. I hope that he's able to recover from whatever demons he's fighting or whatever, you know, addiction he's, he's you know, he's working on. And from a Dallas Stars perspective, there were some people that after hearing the news about going into a treatment facility said, oh, this is the wrong of the Dallas Stars. Yeah. I just caution you, you don't know the circumstances of why he was let go. Right. And until 
that comes out, which I I believe at this point it will never come out. I don't out. think so either. It I will think... never come out. Mm-mm. This is a situation where it's just going to fade and move on. Yeah. And maybe we'll know the story way down the line, but coming out next week or something like that, it's not going to happen. But understand the employer made a decision based on the way the employee uh, was acting. Yeah. And they felt it was inappropriate, and mm-hmm. they have that right. Yeah. And Jim Montgomery said, you know, that he agreed with the decision to let him go. Yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Know, there's uh there's not a lot to more that I feel like can be said about this whole thing, but it is nice for the Stars fan base that now there's some sort of yes. answer. Because I think that that's one of the reasons we talked about everybody going after me on Twitter. I felt like that was one of the reasons that, you know, people were so upset was because this guy just took him to the playoffs in their first season. They're excited about him. They like the guy. And then he gets fired out of nowhere and they wanted answers. It's like when, I don't know, it's like a, a bad breakup or something, you know, like the, and I, I put out that I knew what was going on and they wanted to know, you know, they wanted me to just reveal everything at that time, which I could not do. Well, unfortunately, probably for the last 15 years, there have been some reasons to cheer, but there's been a lot of reason to jeer and disappoint, mm-hmm. right. so to speak, right. you know, because it's been a rough run. I mean, mm-hmm. we could talk about the playoffs last year. But I think that meant two times in 11 years, if I'm not mistaken, or two times in 10 years. Yeah. I mean, you're down with Carolina, who had a great run last year, but Mm -hmm. before that was bad. Yeah. You're down with the Islanders. You're down with the Senators. So it has not been a great run. Kudos to Stars fans because they've stuck with this team through some really, really difficult times. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think the fan base, just when they were seeing a possible light at the end of the tunnel that was quickly closed. Yeah. And they wanted to know the reason why. And it, it started this season as well during that rough stretch to start where everybody's going, look, you guys got our hopes up again. You told us this was the team in DFW to watch. And what do they do? They do well in the playoffs last year. They're so close to making it to the Western Conference Finals, and they have a disappointing season the next season. Obviously, yeah. they turn it around. But that's the reputation that stars have earned themselves. I believe Jim Montgomery watched the Winter Classic, and I believe he was happy for the players. Yeah, and I think he those was guys really, love each other. Yeah, and I think he was happy for Rick Bonus and yeah. the coaching staff. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I think obviously he would want to be there and all yeah. that stuff. But um, you know, I, I just I think at least it gives us a little insight to the reasoning. Yeah. Well, fortunately, we kind of closed that chapter, yeah. and you know, there's a little bit of closure there now, which hopefully everybody is uh, happy absolutely, with. Absolutely, absolutely. They should be happy with the fact that the Stars just won the first Winter Classic ever in Dallas, forty-two, yeah. which yeah. was an amazing experience. We'll get what into a, the game here in a second, but yeah. you and me both were able to go to the game. Yeah, let's just kind of talk about our experiences. How were your seats? <laughs> uh, well, who were you around? Did you have a good time? Was it was it better than you expected? Was it as awesome as you expected? Yeah. How did you how did you take in the winter class? So I had a great time, and uh, those of you that know, I sit in one eighteen uh, with my buddy Jeff, mm-hmm. and I've sat in those seats. I love the perspective that gives, and so just a quick backstory: when the winter classic, you know, star season ticket holders were sent a link, and it says click on this link at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeff had to 
he woke up early that morning and he just happened to click on that link like three hours prior and sure enough it was open wow so he got his pick of the litter as far as winter classic seats dang so he texted me and said i got some great seats so uh they were i was in section 26 Okay. Uh, seats were very expensive, you know, uh, but how at close, the same like time, how, how far up from the, I guess the field away from the ice were you, were you able to see everything from yeah, where you were at? I was just at glass level. Okay. So that's just a, at, right where you, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was really, really good seats. Any closer do you think you would have had trouble I would have had trouble seeing. Okay. Yes. And we talked about I'd that seen during a lot, the game. Yeah, I kind of yeah. seen a lot of that online. But also in my seats, as good as they were, from that perspective, it was tough to see the puck movement. I could see the yeah. puck on long stretch passes. Right. But it was tough. You couldn't see in the corners. I couldn't see what was going on. So from like an NHL stalwart point of view, like if I want to watch you know, the motion and the line changes. Right. You had to throw that out the window. That's for the TV watching, um, you know, where you can really see what's going on. But um, the atmosphere. Oh, my gosh. The outside atmosphere was Texas OU-like, if not more exciting, because usually your Texas OU people have been to several Texas OU right, games. Right, right. So it's kind of, this is this the norm. Was different. This, this was unique. Yeah. I think the NHL obviously knew about it, but, you know, when this was announced, there wasn't talk about the midway at, you know, the fair being open. There wasn't yeah. talk about rides being open and corn dogs and everything. That was released about a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. So we went in early, uh, did what many people did, had someone drop us off and just kind of like walked. Yeah, I Ubered uh, up there. Yeah, hit the tailgating. Tailgating for hockey is so unique. Yeah. I mean, it's just weird. You feel like you're going into a football game, yet you're going <laughs> into a hockey game. Yeah. I personally did not have problems with that I heard some other people having, but I went into the Midway area really early. So I got my ticket scanned. And I saw the long lines for the turkey legs, for mm-hmm. the corn dogs, for the beer. So randomly, we talked about going on the Ferris wheel. And I said, well, I mean, if the lines are so long. Mm-hmm. So we walked up to the Ferris wheel and that was a short line. Oh, right. So on. I took my first, this is going to sound weird. I took my first ever Ferris wheel ride. Oh, you went up there? How cold was it? It was freezing, yeah, I was, Jimmy. I was about it to say, it had freezing. to have been. freezing. But at the top... You could look down mm. and see the perspective. Did you get a good picture up there? Yeah, we got a good picture up there. Now you could see basically all the way down. You could just see the edge of the ice, so you couldn't look down oh, there. Okay. But you saw one end of the stadium, and it was a sea of green. Wow! And it really just got you hyped up for the event. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I think they obviously needed more workers, nor more stands, everything like that. But that costs money. Right. Um, I thought the NHL brought up some really cool fan experiences where you could get your picture taken. Yeah. You know, some real cool outdoor bar areas and everything. So that was my experience. Um, as much as I enjoyed the game, I really enjoyed the atmosphere outside as well, where the anticipation of people going in mm-hmm. and just, you know, stars chance. And it was yeah. just great. And, and kudos. I mean, Nashville fans, I mean, that was awesome. They showed up in droves as there well. There was a ton. A ton There was of a Nashville. ton. I remember I sat down on my seats and I looked straight across from me and there was just a sea of yellow. Yeah. And they were doing the chant after they scored the yes. first goal and then they did the chant after they scored the second goal. 
And I was like, damn, like, there's a ton of Nashville fans in here. There was some Let's Go Preds chants that yeah. were breaking out, which made everybody mad. Um, no, I think that was like, that was, I've been to a lot of really, really cool sporting events, but I think that that was the best sporting event in DFW I've ever been to. And I think it's a combination of how big of a hockey fan that I am, how big of a Dallas Stars fan I am, how long I've been covering the team and watching them. But just like you were talking about, the the, the national anthem, when everybody yelled stars, yeah. I mean, I was prepared for it like you are every home game, but I wasn't prepared for that. Did you? We're, we're two men here. Yeah. Did you almost break down? I almost sports cried a little bit. I did. I almost sports I cried. I didn't sports cry tear-wise. Uh-huh. But I started. To. I started feeling like emotional. Like I, I couldn't did too. believe I was like there. I couldn't believe that in my lifetime, you know, the Winter Classic is going down in my city where yeah. I grew up watching my team. Like it was very, very, and that was when it first started. And when the flyover went over and all the fireworks, and I, I looked to my right. Um, my seats were were pretty high up. Which I got to give a shout out to our good Tolo Cody Johnson. Because we mentioned on the KNC Masterpiece that I had not found tickets yet, but I would somehow figure out a way in. And he said, look, I got two tickets for you. They're yours if you want them. Um, I, would, I would be honored to watch a game with you. So like, we watched a game together. Wow. We cheered him on. So huge props to him, and thank you so much. Yeah, for, huge props to you, Cody. For the, for the experience. For yeah, for the experience of a lifetime. I don't know, the hockey hawks got an issue with, I didn't get offered any tickets. <laughs> I had to pay full price. Probably. So I'm coming at you, Cody Johnson. <laughs> I'm going to drop the mitts with you. But for Shippy, absolutely. No, that's really, really cool. Dude, I, it was awesome, man. And, and like it was so surreal because one of the, one of the pluses about being super high up was when you look to your left, you see the Ferris wheel. Yeah. And, like, we were in the perfect position, but then you look to the right, and there's the whole Dallas skyline. And, like, there's just smoke coming up from the fireworks, and I'm just looking around at all these Dallas Stars fans, all these Nashville Predators fans, and just looking at the skyline and looking down, and there's the ice. Like, it was just so surreal. Like, like I was just saying, you brought it up about just kind of being overwhelmed with emotion. Like, it was, like, it was overwhelming. Right. Oh, it was it, it was and when that when that first star is hit in the national anthem I was like wow like yeah. this is actually happening like it was mo- there was a lot of moments where I had to like pinch myself and be like am I seriously here right now for this and you love the uniforms and you've seen them for like the last month and or two mm-hmm. but seeing them walk out in those yeah. jerseys was just special now sub story <laughs> so before the stars walked out and before mm-hmm. the national anthem Someone had to play the theme to Dallas. I mean, there was a Cotton Bowl, like the history of the Cotton Bowl, and that was emotional. But then you had to play the Dallas theme, and I was just like... And that brings up a whole sidebar of the country-western setting, which I get Nashville, Dallas. It totally makes sense. But if I'm watching that from a national perspective... Mm-hmm. I've often said when I watch Cowboy games or any national broadcast having to do with Dallas, mm-hmm. inevitably they're going to sh- they're going to show steers or they're going to the Fort Worth march yeah, or yeah. a statue of steers right. or guys in cowboy hats. And I am pro cowboy. I think it's like one of the most respectful looks 
Like when I see a guy or a gal in a cowboy hat, yeah, I just want to have conversations with them because I feel as though they've done so much more in their life than I have. <laughs> right. Like I am totally pro cowboy. Yeah, both of my sides of my family are very country. Yeah, you know, I love country. I'm not. I'm not a country guy. Like yeah. I was born and raised in Dallas. Like, right. And I I agree. With, I didn't have like a huge problem with it, but it was just kind of like weird like the the pig racing and stuff yeah i did enjoy watching like the kids try to stay on them yeah like that racing? part was yeah that Martin part Boston. yeah yeah what, what was going on with like the, the clowns and the circus like they were I, juggling like that it was but really then there was random. like techno music that would yeah. play sometimes i was like there was just so i mean maybe it's kind of fitting for dallas because dallas is such a melting pot of people but that's kind of how i felt it was like it was a melting pot of just different different you know genres of music and then different you know all of that like i just didn't i was trying to figure out the one main main theme and it seemed like the western theme was the one that stood out the most yeah but then there was like a lot of edm and techno music being right. played and i was like what what is going on here it reminded me very much of Cirque du Soleil yeah <laughs> where you see that random yeah. person in a Cirque du Soleil show like taking steps every like couple of minutes and it's like what's your purpose on stage right i can't figure right, out right. what your right. purpose is and i felt that way about the poor juggler and the guy yeah, the music. jugglers now i get maybe they were thinking it was state fair theme that's the only thing i can think of maybe yeah i guess i guess but it was just interesting the other thing was is like the people sitting at the bar the and the guys people dancing and the, gals, and the people dancing i'm like what's the purpose of that yeah it was just in like Dan and Shay, I had no idea. Like, yeah. have you ever heard of them before? I had not. No, I had not. And like around my section, everybody was turning. They were like, "What is going on here?" Yeah. Like, who is Dan and Shay? Apparently, they opened for Florida Georgia Line. Okay, on their most recent tour. Yeah, that's not really my style of music, but like, I don't know. It was just kind of. I, I would like to find like a Texas country artist. You know, yeah. find a guy like a Casey Donahue or like a awesome. Randy Rogers, something like that. Something like. That is Texas. Maybe Dan and Shay are from Texas. I don't know. You know, I think maybe you're appealing to that Nashville different country crowd or yeah, the mainstream so. country crowd. But like, or, we're in Dallas. We should appeal to Dallas, right? I, yeah. Are I they going to appeal? Thing. It's like kudos to Brad Alberts, president of Stars, for putting this, yeah. like, you know, getting it. I mean, getting it in front of Minnesota. Gary Bettman announced yeah. that it'll be at Target Field next there. year. I mean, yeah. You, we have to put this. Minnesota is basically the hockey state. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. got a winter classic in Dallas, Texas, before the state of Minnesota. And like, since they started doing the winter classic, what does everybody say? Well, could they do it in Dallas one day? Yeah, probably not. It's too right. hot. And there's a million different excuses. Right. So well, they couple, made it happen. And you know, a couple people have said uh, on Twitter they'd love to see something at AT and T Stadium. I know that there is a scheduling conflict. Because yeah. I inquired, did some research on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. It just it can't happen for a winter classic because of the time it takes to build the ice. What about the old Globe Life Field? The old Globe Life Field would be a very good possibility, as well as the new Globe Life Field, if you wanted to do something with the roof as protection. Right. Now, you know. I don't know if they would want to do that, though. Doesn't that kind of take away from the, from the idea of the winter I think classic? So. You want it to be open roof. You don't even... So I would go with the old global. Yeah, I think field. I think there's also when you look at winter classic, you have to think of history. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think I think Cotton Bowl has all that. Now, if you talk about non-winter classic outdoor games, which they do about two three times a year, mm-hmm. then we could to be talking in the future. Yeah, 
The Cotton Bowl is historic. Everyone in the nation who's a sports fan knows about the Cotton Bowl. Right. That's why they did it at Fenway Park, Wrigley Field, you know. And so I think that's going to make it special. Now, you say Target Field's not special. Well, the state of Minnesota and the hockey history yeah. is definitely, definitely special. So I think, you know... It was interesting because Brian Broaddus was talking and he was saying, you know, I might go to Minnesota next year. And I was thinking to myself, man, Broaddus, if you go, I might go on that trip. I might go too, especially if the stars, like if it's like, yeah, imagine if like the North, like the stars rocked like a North Stars jersey back in Minnesota. Oh, absolutely. You know, if, you know if, I don't know how the how Minnesota would feel about that or if, you know, which side would get to rock the Minnesota North Stars jersey. So I don't think they would, but. I've always said if I'm the Dallas Stars, mm-hmm. I call Minnesota and I tell them, you absolutely have permission to wear our jerseys. Yeah. In any capacity. If you want to wear them during the regular season, if you want to wear them during Winter Classic, and here's why because I own the rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, merchandise wise, that's coming to me, yeah. which I think is the reason why Minnesota will not wear that gear. Well, now, they yeah. did a couple years ago in an alumni game. Um, they wore uh, Minnesota North Stars jerseys. Mm-hmm. And a lot of star I don't want to say a lot, a few Stars fans were upset by that, but I'm like, come on, it's history. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and to know the circumstances, understand that Minnesota, I believe, got a raw deal. It was all about a stadium. It wasn't about support of hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the 1980 Team USA team, that's made up of a lot of Minnesota kids. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a hockey hotbed. And then you talk about University of Minnesota, Minnesota Duluth, um, all the Minnesota teams. Well, I know a lot of people who, you know, grew up playing hockey here in Dallas who are good enough who had pro po- prospects. A lot of them moved to Minnesota from Texas because it's such a hockey state. Yeah. And they were just so far advanced over everybody here. Right. It's like they needed to move somewhere where they would play their level of competition. And yeah. that's places like Minnesota. And it'll be interesting to see. I expect Neil Broughton to get, you oh, know, yeah. I mean, you don't hear much from Neil Broughton, but he's considered, you know, their homegrown greatest hockey player. How about Ricky Williams just showing up out of nowhere? Yeah, so I guess that was Cotton Bowl related. Yeah, like what? I was so confused. Like I saw, I was like, I have not seen this dude in right. forever. Like, like I've only seen him on like thirty for thirties or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, or like an interview or something about why he smoked weed before every game. Right. So I didn't see Troy Aikman coming out. So like when they first announced, and then they got, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But when he when he first started coming out, I'm like. Wait, that's yeah. so random, Ricky yeah. Williams. Because I mean, to me, it's like throw Mike Madonna out there. Who yeah. was? He was there in attendance. He was there. Throw Which Mike Madonna and give me Mike Fisher. Yeah, for Nashville oh, I or someone I like that. About fish sports. Oh man, that would be, <laughs> wow! <laughs> How random. <was> that? <laughs> it could be Mike Fisher and uh, Carrie Underwood, but yeah. the fish sports Mike Fisher. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah. So atmosphere was great. As far as the game. I don't know if you can look at a winter classic game and say like the goals were great. Mm-hmm. I definitely think on a national scale, we saw the biggest issue with the Dallas stars and that's just playing from behind yeah. and yeah. staying out of the penalty box. Yeah. And then, then started right away. I believe it was 17 minutes and 17 or 16 seconds left in yeah. the first period. Corey Perry elbows, Ryan Ellis, which when it happened, I was like, come on. Like, I didn't think it was that bad from right. my vantage point. Right. But like we just talked about a few minutes ago, 
couldn't really see a whole lot, Can't you know, because you're not as on top of the action. Not to mention the Cotton Bowl technology. Yeah. They, they were not into showing a lot of replays. Yeah, I didn't see any replays, no. I felt like. I just kept seeing those like people juggling and the, the pigs yeah. <laughs> the whole time. But boy, did it come out fast on Twitter. Yeah, And it did. so I looked it up on Twitter. I couldn't even see it because my phone service wasn't yeah. working. Oh, I showed it was half so, my row. It was so freezing up at the top. Dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> it was wind, a lot of wind. That wind caught the top for sure. I really underestimated how cold it was going to be. I spent a lot of the game hunched over with my hands, yeah. with like both of my sleeves over my hands and in my pocket. So so I think you have some really good veterans on Nashville and mm-hmm. I just think they came out playing smart mm-hmm. and uh, the stars came out amped up. You could yeah. see they came out wanting to hit people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just think that they kind of got out of their game and they settled down. I thought they really settled down mid to late in the second period. And so I think probably for half the game, they were by far the better team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Nashville scores two on the power play and all of a sudden you're down by two. He won't get the credit he deserves, but I thought Ben Bishop played really well in oh, shutting was, the door down. Yeah, he was great. You know, I think Nashville had a lot of chances, and that game could have easily been three, four, nothing. So, yeah. um, kudos to you know to him. Um, and I think once the Stars got going and then got their own power play opportunities, they took advantage of it. You know, one of the things about Klingberg suffering the injury that he'll be out of uh, tonight's game as we're taping. Um, is that I think John Klingberg was finally coming back to his own and yeah. had made the switch that Klingberg was the main person on the power play and it was starting to pay some dividends. So it's tough to see him go out with an injury. Yeah, when they got that power play, I actually, a few minutes before that, I you know was talking to the people around me and I said, I know their power play is not super trustworthy, but they really need a power play right now. Just yeah. something to just push, you know, put the puck in Nashville's end or at least, you know, tilt the momentum for a little bit, get the Stars fans going. Uh, and obviously they, they do that. The uh, the goal, like obviously the Jason Dickinson goal was amazing. And I was kind of looking forward to what's going to happen when the Stars score at home. Like what's the what's the music choice going to be? What's the, you know, what's the horn going to sound like? Is there going to be fireworks? The fire and the fireworks and all that stuff was amazing. I wish yeah. that they could do that every home game. So <laughs> were you close to that fire and stuff at all or the fireworks? I, or? I, I felt it a little bit. Yeah. But I will tell you, this is... Uh, this is kind of funny. So part of the issue with the Cotton Bowl is the lack of aisles. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I had two guys, since it was late in the second, wanting to get a head start. So right as they're in front of me, the oh, first no. goal scored. No. Did they stand and cheer in front of you, or did yes. they keep moving? Oh, wow. They turned and started to no. cheer. No, I'd be like, hey, bud, can you keep going? Yeah, like, I was just like, oh, my gosh, yeah. you're killing me. Wow. So, uh Yeah. So I missed that Dallas Stars, but you know what? Upon seeing it on replay, it was very pretty. Did you uh, have you seen the big panoramic 360 photo where you yes. can zoom in? Were you in your seat for that? Because I was, I stood up and I was gone. Oh, I had no. gone to try to go get food, and then the food was out, and they didn't have bowls that they could put nachos in. So I'm just looking at this guy weirdly stirring cheese with no chips, like. And we we checked the uh, the panoramic video, and I could see all the people I was sitting next to. And then you get to, <laughs> then you get to where I'm supposed to be, and I, I am not there. <laughs> so I'm glad that you were at least in the photo. Yeah, yeah. My mom texted me, and she's like, "I think I saw you on TV." I'm like, "I don't know, mom. <laughs> I don't know." Eighty five thousand. Yeah, one out of eighty five thousand. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the run of goals, and then they shut it down afterwards. So you know, a big win. And you know, honestly, Shippy, the 
I mean, as exciting as a win that was, the Arizona win on Sunday night just took me totally by surprise. Yeah, me too. You know, it's one of those things where you tweet after the first period and you're like, this is awful. Yeah. This is a bad performance. They look tired, bad legs on the ice, you know, only five shots on net after the first period. And then the second period. They're getting dominated. Yeah, getting dominated. Second period, you start to see it a little bit, but you're like, ah. I don't know, 2 nothing going into the third period. And you're looking at the first going, well, the second better look better than the first because the first was so bad. Right. And then and then the third period, you're like, oh, man, uh, like, wow. I better start tweeting some good things, yeah, too. Yeah, they're like, wow, like, they're really putting it on them right now. Yeah, you're like, I don't want anyone to think that I'm like negative, but right. man, did they dominate that third period. And then I go back to the avalanche on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So... Um, during, I love meeting the Tolos yeah. and I'm talking to a Tolo in between periods and they said, do you think the stars will come back? And I said, I honestly don't. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I said, I just think Colorado's dominated this games thus far. I think mm-hmm. they got the better legs that, that line of Landeskog and uh, McKinnon and, uh, it's just too tough, you know? And I think yeah. they're playing really, really well. And then I just ate my words. Yeah. So basically, I, that's an instances where you're happy to be wrong. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Oh, absolutely. But you don't want to. You don't want to always be optimistic and always say, "Oh, yeah, they're going to come back." You know, you can't realistically say that all the time, right? So I think this team comes down to if like there are two things that you're asking me like about the Dallas Stars: inconsistency, mm-hmm. and it's working well right now. With I'm glad they're coming back. I'm glad their will to win is there. But you can't do this all the time. You got to play. Yeah. You know, at some point, you got to show me a 90 minute game. And, you know, the other thing is the penalties. It just needs to stop. And I don't know if it will. And, you know, more shots on net at times. At times, they just become pass happy. Yeah. And I want to get to this, too, though. The the Radulov goal, which they asked Klingberg about after the game. And he said, I couldn't even hear Rads yelling. Like, the crowd was so loud when they took that lead. Love it. That was the other moment that I got the biggest chills at that game, which is 85,000 people just going, well, probably more like 75, since I'd say there's probably about 10,000 Nashville fans. But still, the electricity in the building when he scored that goal and just the excitement of the stars on the ice and everything, that was one of the coolest moments that I've ever witnessed. Yeah, that's a, you know, I mean, the party started when they scored the first goal, but... The third period is when the party yeah. really amped up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk, too, about uh, Rope Hint and Gurionov. You know, um, Bonus was talking about how in the Arizona game that, you know, he really liked those two on the same line. They pair him with Joe Pavelski. They've obviously got a lot of speed. Joe Pavelski, not as much speed. This is something yeah. that you've been talking about for a long time that you really like to see the Stars I love operate this line. with. I think the second line of the Stars now can stretch out the defense, and people have to worry about that. We talk about depth scoring, and you know, putting Ben Sagan and Radulov together is fine, and I think that they're best when they're if they're playing at a high level together, they know where each other is going to be. Mm-hmm. But the issue is, then what did you have after that? I think with these three, you have depth scoring and you have stretch. So in other words, I can't just throw out my best defenseman always against that first line and try to shut them down or my best forwards and stuff. I have to keep in mind about Gurionov being speedy, about Rope Hints with the shot and the playmaking ability. And I just think those two who have played with Texas before being called up, I just think there's some natural chemistry there. And I really, really like it. I like young guys on the same line. Coincidentally, they're both restricted free agents after this year. Oh, so it'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, restricted the stars have the control, so that's good. Uh, but last but, offseason, we saw the Hurricanes, you know, submit an offer to a restricted free agent. 
You mean Montreal with Sebastian Ajo? Yes. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's right. Montreal to Ajo, which is, that's been an unwritten rule yeah. in hockey amongst GMs. Right. That, hey, we're not going to mess with your restricted free agents. You know, that's something that Craig Ludwig taught me a few years ago. But that's that was an unwritten rule. So I'm interested to see if that'll be the first of many, you know, if teams start to kind of abandon that sort of unwritten loyalty or rule or whatever you want to call it amongst GMs to not offer you know, contracts to those restricted restricted players, and really put the pressure on that team to keep their players. Yeah, I yeah, I think I think Gurianov and Hints are the future of the Dallas Stars, or two big parts at Absolutely. least. Absolutely. So, I mean, getting those guys under contract, uh, I think it'll be great. I mean, I would like to see Rope score a little bit more. Yeah, because um, he was on such a tear to begin the year. Uh, but at the same time, and. You know, would have liked to see Dennis on that. Uh, I think he was a little tired once again on, on that, that penalty shot. On that penalty shot, that was cool though. Seeing a penalty shot at the Winter Classic, yeah, it was really cool. That was like, I mean, that I, I couldn't believe that. You know, I, I wondered too if like if the refs are sitting there and they're going, well, we could just give him the power play, but hey, it's the Winter Classic. Let's just give him a penalty shot. When I first saw it, I didn't think it was a penalty. I didn't shot. think so yeah. either. I didn't think so either. I was like, ah, oh, man, like. He was that close to a penalty shot, and then I saw him point to the middle. I was like, oh, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're about to get a penalty shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I love that combo, and uh, I like how it drops Dickinson down. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Jason Dickinson guy, and Me I think too. Jason Dickinson's a really nice part for the future. I love the way he plays defensively. Um, I think he's a big body. I think he's got a good skill set. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you lose, He's a great playmaker. Yeah, if you lose Roddick Fox after this year— um, I think Dickinson, you know, could fill that void. Uh, I do like Fox on this team, but I think it's might cost too much. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we'll see. Um, but uh, so I do like how that drops it down. And, you know, um, yeah, I just uh, I, I'm happy with the lines. And, uh, you know, one thing I really do appreciate about bonus, it seems as though he's keeping the lines pretty, pretty, pretty intact. Yeah. Let, which is kind of weird. Play. Yeah. It's yeah. really weird. Because I'm like, wait. I've just seen the same line go out there like right. this whole period. Is this is everything okay? Do we is coach on the bench? Like what's going on? And, you yeah. Know, and so it is kind of nice. I wonder. I wonder how the players, you know, feel about that kind of switch up from uh, what Montgomery was doing. Yeah, I, you know, I'm interested to see that, and uh, I, I think we have to give kudos to uh, Jim Nill on drafting. Yeah, hints absolutely on off same I mean, draft. Yeah, he gets highly criticized. Um, for missing on a lot of draft picks, well, I think he hit on two. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, those were good picks. And I think people have to understand, you know, you look at both players, they're so young. Mm-hmm. One uh, developed much earlier than the other. But for Gurionov, I think it was a transition phase of learning English, learning how to live in America, yeah. and a confidence factor where there'll be times where he's the he in the minors, I mean, right. you watched him. I watched him with the World Juniors playing for Team Russia, yeah. and I couldn't believe this was Star's property. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy has got major skill set, major size, speed coming down the wing, and then you'd look at him the first time he came up, and it's like, oh, what happened there? Mm-hmm. And I'd talk to people down in Texas or people that watched him. They'd watch him one game and say he's NHL ready. Then they'd watch him a few more games as I did some follow-ups, and they said, you know, He's great some games and he disappears mm-hmm. for others. So there was a lack of consistency there and also a lack of, you know, he wasn't as good defensively as he's starting to play. I mean, he's really playing a better defensive role. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, his scoring ability to me is amazing. Uh, uh, so I'm really excited. I, th- I think, 
you know, I don't know about this year, you know, maybe it's 30 points or something, but mm-hmm. I can see him and Hintz as 40 to 50 point guys. So let's talk, you know, kind of go back to the Corey Perry. Yeah. We briefly touched on it a second ago. He's supposed to meet with the league today. I'm looking up right now to see if maybe there's been some news in that regard. So 22 minutes ago, um, Curtis McDermott has been suspended for two games for an illegal check to the head on Philadelphia's uh, Ivan Provorov. So okay. just uh, just uh, the reason I bring that up is NHL player safety is mm-hmm. focused on headshots. Right. And that's what this was. And the fact that Ryan Ellis has gone on IR... That does not help the situation. Does not help the yeah. situation. And, I mean, Stars fans have to realize... That is a huge injury for Nashville. Huge, 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 huge injury. We've talked for about Nashville. him maybe being one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL. Yes. Yeah. You know, which Roman Yossi used to be when Shea Weber was still right, with the Predators. Absolutely. And now Ryan Ellis has kind of stepped into that yeah. now that Roman Yossi is the big guy for Right. So the they Predators. were playing with five defensemen basically from the start of the game. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, you know, I. I think the expectation is somewhere between three and four games. I kind of yeah. lean. I think it's going to be the heavier side on the four-game suspension just because he's a repeat offender. He's kind of got the reputation for doing this in the NHL. Yeah. Um, and it happened on such a national stage where there's everybody knows about that. You know, like the other cases that they're having, maybe not a lot of fans are aware of, but I, I don't know if that maybe factors into it. But I think that that's certainly, especially early on in the way that he puts his elbow out there yeah. right into his head. Yeah. I think that we're, I mean, I would love it if it was three games instead of four as the, you know, just for the Dallas Stars sake, but I would, I would, I think that it's going to be four games. I really felt as though Corey Perry had played disciplined hockey and I thought that was a very undisciplined play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Definitely has prior suspensions. Uh, 2013, he was suspended for a, a high check, um, and so when I broke down the video, because if you don't follow NHL player safety on Twitter, to me it's one of the better follows in the sport because mm-hmm. it's really the only sport that gives you the insight as far as why this player is being suspended. Yeah. We're going to show you different versions of the play and we're going to explain how we came to the decision. Right. So when you look, and it's taught me a lot. So one of the things I look at is, first off, was there time? in between the hit and the release of the puck, and there was time. So the elbow could have dropped back down. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Was the puck released? Yes, the puck was released. Then you talk about cocking the shoulder or elbow, Mm -hmm. and clearly there was a launching up. Yeah, it is a little chicken wing. little chicken wing. So... Therefore, there's intent. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think three to five games is very fair. Yeah, well, at least we got uh, the internet got some some uh, fun out of it, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, the walk of shame. Like, if there's a game you don't want to get kicked out of, yeah, it's the Winter Classic because that is not a short walk from the ice to the locker room. <laughs> you know, on the at the AAC, you just quickly skate off and you're right. out in the tunnel. And I'm guessing the technology was not that great in the locker room to to watch the game and have fun. Yeah, it. <laughs> I doubt it. Like, yeah, did he just hang out in the locker room the whole time yeah. or like? Are you allowed to go home? Like, hey, man, I'm just going to dip out and <laughs> go watch the rest of the game at home. I saw a great tweet where somebody said, like, 85,000 fans, you know, in attendance to watch the Dallas Stars, and someone retweeted it with, uh, that's not correct, 85,001 
since Corey <laughs> since Corey Perry jumped in the stands. Well, I, I saw people who like paired the uh, the Boulevard of Bo- Broken Dreams yeah. song with it as he walked, and there's all sorts of different songs on there. If you just want to just uh, you know search Corey Perry Walk of Shame, you'll 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 run into a little bit of a wormhole in terms of all the creative things that the people out there did uh, yeah. did with that video. Like but, you said, he. Has a reputation, and that's going to, you know, I mean, they admit it when they break things down. They'll say yeah. previous incidents. Right. And so I'm sure they will bring that up with Corey Perry. And um, I think the Stars, you know, made the decision that he will be out a few games. Um, yeah. And it's tough to see Perry and Klingberg down. But the good news is, is you're playing a Detroit Red Wings game, that uh, Red Wings team that gives up a lot of goals. Yeah. And uh, I'll try to find the tweets here in a second, but... Things are not going well for the Detroit Red Wings. No. Uh, things are very bad in the locker room right now. Um, so hopefully that, you know, if, it's kind of like when uh, the Jim Montgomery thing happened. You had the New Jersey Devils in town. For the first game of Corey uh, Perry's suspension, it's pretty fortunate that you've got the Detroit Red Wings here. Yeah, and then you have a break. But, yes. You know, kind of an interesting aspect as well is that uh, so the last time the Stars were in Anaheim, so Corey Perry is very well received in Anaheim. Teammates loved him. Fans loved him. Lifelong Anaheim Ducks. So the Stars basically started the season. You know, they go out to play Anaheim. Corey Perry's injured. Mm -hmm. They go to play Anaheim this time around. I bet the person who put this magical video together of Corey Perry. Welcome uh, home. You yeah. know? <laughs> is he going to be there or is he going to just watch it at home? Yeah, I mean, at some point, you just got to throw him on the Jumbotron and call it a day. Right. So this is the second straight time that he will not be able to play against his teammates. Just real quick, a note on the Detroit Red Wings. This is Dylan Larkin. He's uh, he's uh, part of the last men in for the 2020 NHL All-Star Game. He said, please don't vote. I like the days off more. Like, oh, man. He's asking his fans not to vote for him in because yeah. he would rather just hang out and not go play in the All-Star game. Wow. You know, and that's an interesting organization that gave, you know, Ken Holland basically the walking papers. And Ken Holland's done great things in Edmonton in just a short time. But they had the opportunity to get Steve Eiserman, who built a force in Tampa. And Eiserman is such a beloved figure in the Motor City. So um, it's going to take a few years, but... I anticipate that the Detroit Red Wings, I mean, they got some really good young players. They're yeah. just, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's tough to rebuild in the NHL, but you really got to hit and hit fast. So the, uh, the, the representative right now from the Red Wings is Tyler Bertuzzi. And this was his quote. He said, the best players in the league are there. And obviously, if they didn't have to pick someone from every team, I know I wouldn't be there. But I am excited to get this opportunity. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, if they didn't have to pick me, right. I would. nobody from our team would be on this. Right. Team. Quick note on the All-Star game. Uh, people ask, you know, why Tyler Sagan? Why not Miro Haskinen? And the reality is, is this is a different, this is, this is overtime hockey where you're playing three on three now. Yeah. So if you're playing five on five, I think Miro probably could be your representative. Yeah. But you basically only need one or two defensemen. So you look at the defensemen in the central, and you have uh, Roman Yossi, uh, the captain of the Preds, who's having a really, really good year. Uh, so you got to take him, and then uh, uh, I believe Alex uh, Petrangelo yeah, is the, Petrangelo's Petrangelo's the, other, the other, one. other one. So 
Um, you know, that's the reasoning. You just don't have a And lot Sagan of- does lead the Stars in points. He's got 32 points. Yeah. It uh, looks like, I think he's, so he's third in goals behind Rope Hintz, who's got 13, and Radulov, who's got 12. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that of all those players, you got to put Tyler Sagan in. That's the biggest name from the Dallas Stars. And you talk about rest. I kind of want Miro Haskin in getting some good rest. Yeah. With the minutes that he's logged, with the injury to John Klingberg, mm-hmm. I think he needs a lot of rest because now he's going to be pivotal, pivotal on that power play. Yeah, so uh, should we hit the uh, the the mailbag next? Or oh do you yeah, hit, man. The, hit the power rankings. Let's uh, let's, let's the, pull up the uh, whatever whichever one you want. Let's man. do the let's do the mailbag. Let's All hit right. the, uh, the the Dallas Stars fans' questions they send in to us. And I definitely want to thank Choctaw Casino and Resort for yeah. sponsoring Sweaters Forever. So give a shout out to Choctaw on behalf of us. It's awesome that they're supporting hockey, the Dallas Stars, and our little old podcast. And thanks to all of you. For all your support as well. This podcast is growing. And now that Shippy's healthy, we can... Uh... Yeah, finally. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Poor Shippy didn't have a voice. And I'd, I'm and i glad I didn't. We were going to record this podcast yesterday for y'all. Just for y'all to know, it's today's Friday. It's 4.05 right now. And yeah. yesterday, like my voice still is not all the way back. But yesterday, I, there were some words that I just couldn't even get out. And I feel like I've been battling this for like two weeks. But here, like by Monday, I guarantee I'm back. Which of course now I guarantee that something else will come up probably, but <laughs> feels really feels really really good to be back. I really miss being on this podcast. You want to start or you want me to start? Uh, you go ahead. Okay, from our buddy at Laces Out Fink, uh, if <laughs> if, uh, if Bonus takes this team deep into the playoffs, do you see the front office making him head coach long term or bringing in a younger coach? Which are the most? Uh, which are most coaches give bonuses? Age? I don't know if age is a factor. I would do uh, do what the St. Louis Blues did. Yeah. They had the same situation last year. They obviously went on. Yeah. I mean, if you win the cup, unless you're the uh, Capitals and going to let Barry Trotz go, you keep bonus as head coach if he right. if he takes his team to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. and if they win, it. I mean, even if you just get there, yeah, you bring them back because obviously back. it works. Yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, I'm sure they'll do their due diligence and. Uh, if that's not the case, and I'm sure Bonus will get a shot at interviewing yeah. for the head coach position, and they'll interview others as well. Uh, I'm I'm guessing it will be a, a nice spot to come coach mm-hmm. um, with the talent that is on this Dallas Stars re, uh, and roster, and I think a lot of players in the NHL as well as coaches like playing in Dallas. Yeah, and I think it helps too that he was... He's worked under Jim Montgomery. That 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 helps in this transition as you lose your head coach. Like it's probably not, you know, it's probably I mean, obviously it was a huge shock to the team and everything, but it definitely helps that those guys are very very similar in the way that they think. And Bonus was in charge of the penalty kill and the defense, which was two of the strengths of the Dallas Stars. So I think it's I mean, obviously you gotta watch the playoff result, but I think it's pretty likely that he, you know, is able to retain that. At Kendy underscore Wendy. Yeah. Our friend Kendall Reed. Um, contract moves we need to make in 2020. Already thinking of the 2020 yeah. offseason. I love it, Kendall. Keeping Hudobin. First period versus third period play. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. What are the key differences? They just need to get out to quicker start. And stop taking penalties. Yeah, stop taking penalties. Especially these dumb ones. Yeah, and the Hail Mary third period wins. I mean, yeah, we love them, but at the same time. <laughs> we you know, don't. I'd much rather have like a 3-0 lead headed of the third period. And right. Uh, so she also asked about keeping Anton Hudobin. I need Dobby here forever. After seeing too. him, after seeing him skate around and then like slide into the picture and stop perfectly, and he's got his leg up. 
I mean, that, he's like the he's like the star's unofficial mascot. I know that they got Victor E. Green, but yeah. Anton Udobin is the Dallas Stars mascot. He's amazing. So the question is, is what will another team pay Anton Hudobin and right. how much? That's a problem. And if you think about it, Ben Bishop makes four point nine five million, mm-hmm. I think, which is a very, very uh friendly salary cap contract. Yes. And Ben Bishop wanted to be here. He's going to be your starter. So does Hudobin want a chance to be a starter or is he content with he currently could get a raise up to three million, I think. Mm-hmm. The question is is years. Do you offer him another two years? You also have to look at your organization and say, how many years until Jake Ettinger's ready? Right. Playing at Texas right now, I think that's your next answer. You could bring in a fill-in backup for a season if you lose uh Hudobin. But you know, salary cap wise, yeah, you you want to keep him, but as we mentioned, you have uh, situations like Gurianov, you have to resign. Mm-hmm. You have to resign hints. Um, I think a decision you have to make is Matthias Janmark. Uh, I personally, I, I, I've heard that he's a great room guy. Um, I just think that contract's a little heavy for a fourth line player. Um, yeah, I agree. I love Roman Polak, but. I think you have to give Dylan Hetherington a shot at some and Taylor point. Taylor Fadoon. Taylor Fadoon. And, uh, you know, you got Gavin Bayreuther down there. Um, so and that's a playmaking defenseman as well. So at some point, you have to bring up some of these young guys for cap space alone. Right. And hope that they can develop. Because otherwise, you're going to be cap strapped. Right now, the Dallas Stars are cap strapped. Yeah, big time. They can't make a trade unless they figure out a way to dump salary. Yeah. So that's a tough position to be in heading into the trade deadline. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. I I think that I would probably rather keep Antonio Dobin over Matias Yanmark if that you know, if that one move right there would guarantee that. But you know, it's still the the, the cap gymnastics that Jim Nill and the, the stars front office are gonna have to pull off after this season is is pretty crazy. And, and then at the trade deadline, like you just mentioned. Yeah. So Fuzzy we'll Wuzzy Boom Boom. Oh, I'm sorry, you got one. No, no, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to read Fuzzy Wuzzy Boom Booms right, as go. well. What are some of the positives and negatives you've seen out of Bonus since he's taken over? I don't think I've seen many negatives to say. No. I feel pretty good about everything he's done. I think a positive in my mind is the the continuity with all the lines. Letting those guys work together. You know, and, and start to establish some sort of chemistry. Uh, I think another positive is that you haven't really seen. I, I'm. I feel like I'm watching the same brand of Dallas Stars hockey. Yeah. You know, it's. It seems like it's the exact uh, blueprint that Jim Montgomery was was laying out for the team. And you know, it's it's clear. I, I've watched a lot of the stuff in the inter, in the uh, you know from the locker room, even going back to the first game that he coached. And you know, Jamie Ben walking up and tossing him the game puck for his first game, and he uh you know he yells back. He's like. Yeah, it's a, it's been a, or he said uh, it's been a while since you've been behind the bench like that. And bonus responding goes, yeah, you can really tell out there. Yeah, you know, just with the line changes and things like that. Just I don't think that there's really in my mind. I haven't noticed any glaring negatives since he's taken over. I like how they're playing hard. I wish they played more consistent. Right. Um, the penalties are still an issue. He talked what I loved after after one game and say we we've at times become a pass happy team. Yeah, and I love that that was said. Yeah. 
Now, preaching it and doing it are two different things. So. But the coach doesn't do it, you know. Right, exactly. So the, the coach can say whatever, but it's can. up to the it's up to the players to go out and execute. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm okay with it right now. Um, yeah. I like the continuities of also the lines that he's throwing out there, and he's giving the lines a chance to to gel with each other. So yeah. you know, I'm okay with it. And why wouldn't I be after a four game win streak? So, yeah, you know, I mean, you have to. You have to be happy, you know, at the same time, is this team going to develop a consistency? To me, they got to get in the top three. I know it's a it's a tough thing, and they'll sit there right now, but Winnipeg's going to be a battle because I do not want to take my chances against the Pacific Division in the wild card. Mm-hmm. There are too many good teams in the Pacific. There, I look at the whole playoff yeah. picture and even the teams that aren't going to make it, and there's teams that won't make it that I wouldn't want to see in a series. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's like... The, the parity of the NHL is at an all-time high right now. I mean, any one of these teams that have a playoff spot, I could see making it and winning the Stanley Cup, especially from the Western Conference. Yeah, and we had a question from our own Kevin Hagelin earlier. We did. He was asking if this, if the Winter Classic would uh, maybe spark some interest in the DFW in terms of the Dallas Stars. Will we see maybe more Stars fans now? Maybe, you know, because 85,000, I wonder how what percentage of that that uh, the fan base that that showed up, I wonder what percentage of them went to their first hockey game for that, you know, or one of maybe their their first five. Maybe they've been to four other Stars games, but since the Winter Classic was coming, you know, they now were um, interested in going. Do you mind if I get on my hawk perch? Do it slash soapbox yes, for a second, please, please, dear Dallas Stars fans. Oh, nice, we got a letter. You have an awesome opportunity. To embrace the casual fan who now really enjoys hockey based on what happened earlier this week. So when you're at the American Airlines Center, or when you're on Twitter, or Facebook, or any social media forum, I applaud your efforts if you help teach the game. Do not shut people out. Do not call them names if they don't know what tripping, slashing, hooking, interference is. Rather explain it to them. Embrace it to them. Invite people to watch hockey with you. Because what we did last week brought in a new fan base. A fan base that saw the passion. A fan base that said, I wish I was in that crowd. It is now up to us to take that to the next level. And stop saying, you have to understand, people don't necessarily all follow hockey in this town. The last time there was a major hockey situation in this town, ready? 20 years ago. Yep. Embrace, Stars fans. Embrace. And that was one of the things that, you know, Kevin Hagelin mentioned was he said it was really awesome. Like there would be a penalty or this or that would happen. And NBC would actually break it down. Like, hey, this is why they called this. And they made it really elementary. You know? And, like, that's fine. Maybe you have, like, that expanded knowledge. Maybe you're, you know, you're one of the most diehard Dallas Stars fans. Well, these other people may not be. Right. You know, maybe there's a sport that you don't know that you don't know every, you know, every little thing about. Wouldn't you like somebody to explain it to you? rather oh, absolutely. than Rather than make you feel dumb for not knowing it? Yeah. Like, it's... And and that's the one thing I guess I've never I've never personally seen it because I've never been that guy. Like when I was at Mizzou, my two roommates had no idea how hockey worked. 
I explained it to him. They're now both huge hockey fans. One of them for the Blues, the other for the Wild. Yep. Like, I explained it to them, and it wasn't like, oh, wow, you're an idiot. I can't believe you don't know this. I was like, dude, this is a badass sport. And look, check this out. This is why this happened. This is why they blew the whistle. This is why they blew the whistle and then took the puck to the other side of the rink. Like, it's real easy. Yeah. You know, it's really easy to understand and comprehend the sport. And once these more casual fans do understand it, their love for the game and their their interest in the Dallas Stars is only going to grow. And that's only good for the Dallas Stars and all the, the hockey fans here in Dallas. I agree. I took someone to the game on Saturday night who had never been to a Stars game, nor had watched a hockey game. Mm-hmm. And I said, let me just take you and see what happens. And yeah. they said, okay. And heading into overtime, they stood on their feet. After I explained the game, mm-hmm. they were cheering for every save. And then come the shootout, they wouldn't sit down. Yeah. And awesome. that's how hockey works. It's addicting, especially when you see it in person. Yeah. So, I mean, let's fill the bar in these next few games and, uh, you know, get people out there and, uh, you know, cheering on your Dallas Stars. They have an opportunity. Now, I will say to the people that say, um, see, this is, see, Cowboys fans, this is a hockey town. Am I going to sound negative by saying this? Mm, I don't <laughs> I know. I mean, it's a football town. Yeah. I get it. It's a great baseball town, and it is a very good hockey town. Mm-hmm. But that was an event. Yeah. And I liken it to WrestleMania. Right. One of the largest crowds ever in DFW. Maybe the largest crowd. At AT&T? Was over 110,000 people to watch pro wrestling. Right. Does that make this a wrestling crazy, town. rabid yeah. wrestling? No, that was an event that came to town that everyone wanted to be a part of from across the world. Yeah. The Winter Classic is something. I, I was going down to the uh, pro shop to get some Winter Classic deal. I went down to the hangar. Mm-hmm. Figured I'd support the, the local team. So I went to get some gear, and I thought the AAC was going to be open, but the hangar on the opposite side was open. So there was a couple there. And they were checking the doors too. And so we all got in a conversation as was as we were walking to the other side of the building. And I said, Oh, are you guys going to the Winter Classic tomorrow? I said, Yeah, we're excited. I said, Oh, cool. What part of uh, DFW do you live in? Oh, no, we, we flew in from Toronto. Whoa. Whoa wow. What? I said, awesome. Oh, I said, uh, You big Leafs fan? No, hate the Leafs. Stars. What? Wow. Yeah. Turns Dang. out. Grew up a Stars fan. And then moved to Toronto? or like, Yeah, I mean, no, lived in age. Toronto. And I said, oh, Tyler Sagan's outside of Toronto. That's where he's from. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, he talked like that. Yeah, I was about to say, that was yeah. a pretty good Canadian. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we had a great conversation about hockey, and it was just so cool that someone flew in for the game, and they were making a weekend of it. And my mm-hmm. point is, it's an event. Yeah. Now, I think it's awesome, and I think this is a great hockey town, but... Could we do this every game? No, we can't. Right, right. <laughs> but the thing that's good is that pretty much every game I've been to this season, even at the American Airlines Center, I felt like the crowd was pretty yeah. much full. Like yeah. a Monday game, a Tuesday game, like whatever night of the week it was. It wasn't like maybe five, six years ago where you'd show up and like there was just empty seats everywhere. And you're like, man, like they need to really start to draw more people. There, There's definitely, there's a, there's a palpable excitement around yes. this Stars team. And you can see it in the attendance even at the American Airlines Center, and then, you know, assuming and hoping that they make the playoffs when that atmosphere rolls around. Yeah. If you've never been to a 
Dallas Stars playoff game, oh. you have got to go. Oh, you have got to go, it especially is, at the beginning. And, and you know, it's like. When people say, wow, it's so fast, it's like, wow, wait till you see playoff yeah, hockey. Yeah. Because it's fast and it's physical. Yeah. And, and they, you, you wonder, it's like, wait, they have to play seven game series for three rounds? Yeah. And then go to the Stanley Cup? Yeah. Oh, and they, man. the refs don't call nearly what they call no, during the regular season. It's, no. it's two different games. Yeah. It's two totally different games. Obviously, same rules and all that, but the way stylistically, totally different. So, man, that was. That was awesome. That whole winter classic thing. I'm just like sitting here smiling, just thinking all oh, about it. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's a lifetime of memories when there are little shippies running around. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know? <laughs> I don't know if we need any of those. <laughs> uh, let's go and move on to the Hockey Hawks top five NHL all right, power let's do rankings. This. Up I, to the minute. Up to the minute. And I have got this. This week, we're going to go with ESPN from a couple weeks ago who stole your top five. Oh, boy. That one time. So we're going to see if they did the same thing. I'll start here. The ESPN. NHL power rankings at number one, they have the Washington Capitals. I do not have the Washington Capitals. Oh, I have we... the St. Louis Blues. Okay. I think it's tough to push the cup contender. I had the St. Louis Blues up there last time. Mm-hmm. They're just continuing to play good hockey. I'm amazed by it. I love their brand and their style that Doug Armstrong has built this team. Um, they're 26 and 9 without Vladimir Tarasenko. They don't need to make a trade at the trade deadline. Yeah. They're getting back Vladimir yeah, Tarasenko. That's a huge addition right there. Yeah. So I have St. Louis at number one. All right. Well, at number two, that is where ESPN has the St. Louis Blues. I have the Washington Capitals. All right. So you guys just flopped them. Okay. So I ultimately would love to see the Stars in the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. And we'd be as excited as we are talking about the Winter Classic. Yeah, absolutely. That said... If there are two other teams that need to be in the Stanley Cup, a Washington Capitals, St. Louis Blues Stanley Cup final, I would be locked in. Yeah. The talent on these clubs are really, really good. The youngsters on these clubs, they've done an amazing job of winning and developing talent. And we talk about him, it seems, every week. The John Carlson scoring machine continues. It's insane. 50 points now. For a defenseman. That's insane. And we're, we haven't even hit the all-star break yet. Yeah. I mean, the stars are at, uh, the winter classic was game 41. Yeah. That was the exact half point. Yeah. So he's got 50 and probably what, 41, 40 games, something like that. Like that is insane. And that was, that's a guy who's always been known as a defensive defenseman, right? Like he's been that real, just steady rock, physical guy. You'd hope for maybe 30 points out of him for the whole season. Right. Exactly. Here he is at 50. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. All right, so at number three, ESPN has the Boston Bruins. So the reason uh, I have the Bruins as well. Nice. At number three, they lost an OT last night to Frisco, Seth Jones, Columbus Blue Jackets. Hey, there you go. Seth with a nice two-on-one play. Uh, I did want to note Seth Jones is going to play in the All-Star game, Mm -hmm. and uh, he plays in a market similar to this market where it doesn't get the credit it richly deserves as far as like, hockey fandom and everything. So in Columbus, he's beloved, but across Mm. the league, as far as like when people say best defenseman in the league, Seth Jones doesn't get mentioned a lot, but I think he needs to be in the conversation because each year he continues to get better and they've lost some players and Seth Jones has become a leader on that team. So I just wanted to give a shout out Had a good game last night in Boston. Columbus wins in overtime. It was a really cool game to watch. Um, so Bruce Cassidy of the Bruins is going to coach the Atlantic Division in the mm-hmm. All-Star game, and they just continue to play well. 
and you look and it's like, why do they continue to play well? That line of Bergeron, Pasternak. It's not even fair. And yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And Marchand, right? Marchand, yeah. I mean, in fact, Marchand and Pasternak. Pasternak now has 60 points. Straight flat, 30 goals, 30 assists. Golly. And then you look at uh, Marchand, he's got 59 points. That's so 120 points basically between two guys on yeah. one line. So we were talking today on the fan, meaning your show was talking mm-hmm. about those draft picks that you just say, oh, why didn't we yeah. get them? Now, we didn't talk about David Pasternak at that time. Like, why didn't you draft David Pasternak? But it does make you go back to the year David Pasternak was drafted. Mm-hmm. And you say, okay, with the 14th selection, oh, the no. Dallas Stars selected Julius Honka. Oh, Pasternak was drafted 25th. What a gut punch. So a lot of teams whiffed on Pasternak, yeah. but at the same time. Stars weren't the only ones. So I've always been a big Julius Honka fan. I'm not going to sit because someone will listen to his podcast and say, come on, Hawk. You were always saying Julius yeah, Honka yeah. can play in this league. I, for some reason, still think that Julius Honka can play in this league. I just don't know if he can get his attitude right. I know. That's his problem. It's not anything on the ice. It's all mental. And that was amazing insight by you. Yeah. Talking about his mental insight. And I heard that from another person. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Shippy is dialed in on this stuff when you want to talk about Stars Insiders. And the thing that frustrates me even more is, so I looked up Julius Honka and said, okay, maybe he's having a good year. He's not having a good year overseas either. I mean, it's okay. Nine points in 25 games. He's plus five. Right. So it's decent defenseman stats. But, but he, you know. when he was with the Stars, though, you'd watch him in the way that he would just navigate the ice and yeah. weave in and out. You know, it was, it was very, you know, reminiscent of when Klingberg first entered the league. And you just watch him with the puck and the way that he would position his body, the way that he used his stick. It was just all like. I was super excited. I was like, this guy's going to run the power play for the Stars for years to come. Yeah. And then it's not even, like, Montgomery didn't even want him around the team during right. the playoffs. Right. They told him, do not come around the team. Right. And it was not It was because of his attitude. It was because of his locker room presence. And I hope he fixes it and that he's able to have, you know, the NHL career that I think he needs to have. But, man, what a disappointment. A huge <laughs> disappointment. I would talk to people in the AHL before he came up. And they're like, my goodness, this is an NHL caliber defenseman. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna like. <laughs> so that's my that's my that's ranking gonna, number. Like the way that you were with Val and the Chushkin, like yes. that Julius Honka is that for me? Like it's just so it's so frustrating. No, I, you know what? I'm almost ready to say I was wrong. Oh, but then Val? I'm allowed, I guess, to say I'm right, just like you're allowed to say, like, hey, Val Nachushkin's playing better with Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But in, with Val Nachushkin, it was Lindy Ruff. Yeah, he, yeah. They hated each other. Yeah, like, I know, I know. And it's just, it sucks when you hear that about these just dynamics between players and coaches and the way that it messes with them mentally. And, yeah. You know, it gets them down on their game or their confidence. And then coach doesn't even want to play them or doesn't trust them or they don't give a full effort for their coach. Like, there's right. just so much to, you know... You just think like the talent level is all that matters when you put them on the ice. There's well, a lot of people thought of that about Jamie Alexiak, and that's yeah. why they said, "Here you go, Pittsburgh." Yeah, and look, and he wow, go, he goes and he gets you know he gets some experience with a championship contender every single year, and comes back and look at him now. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a future defenseman for the still young, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, that's a guy that's going to get 
better with age. Yeah, absolutely. And just playing real good defensive hockey right now. All right, here at number four, ESPN has the New York Islanders. I have the Islanders as well. Quit right. cheating, ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> you guys like, do you work for ESPN? Or like, how does this work? Are you a correspondent? Or like, hey, Hawk, we really need a, right. We got to put up a power ranking thing. Can you help us out, please? <laughs> So the Hawk was up to date on this. They lost to the Devils last night. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Devils sidebar playing great hockey ever since dumping yeah. Taylor Hall. Yeah. And, you know, dumping their coach. So I actually heard from somebody in the Devils locker room that he was just like miserable to be around. Yeah. Like That's he too bad. and you know what? When 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 the Devils were here, I when I was watching him on the ice, I was like, this guy doesn't even look engaged. Like he knows he has to go out there, he he has to play. But I was looking at him, I was like I don't know if I want the stars to trade for right. Him. And I was sitting, there, I was like, I, I, like, I don't want to give up any assets, any draft picks, any real like, you know, cornerstones or potential cornerstones for this guy going forward. But I heard like he was just miserable. He's like, yo, I, the guy inside the the organization told me he's like, I, I don't, I don't even want this guy on the team anymore. Basically, yeah. like, I think it, I think he had just, I think he's one of those guys that when you get put in a, in a an adverse situation like that, and he's so used to, or maybe he's, maybe he just was tired of, you know, not winning wherever he was, and he was just waiting for somebody to trade for him. So now he's in Arizona, which has turned around into a winning culture. Yeah, uh, great coach, and uh, I would love to see Phil Kessel put his arm around Taylor Hall and say, "Hey, buddy, here we go." Yeah, I, I know the Taylor Hall I saw on Sunday night was effective. Oh yeah, uh, he was, he was physical. Great. He was a totally different yeah, guy. Yeah, totally Sunday. different guy. Totally fast, different. Speedy. I I was surprised the physical nature of that. I I I mean, looking back, it was an unfortunate hit. I thought it was a legal hit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was just knee on knee. It, it happens yeah, in the yeah. NHL. I wonder if PK Subban too had something to do with you know the New Jersey vibe as well. Because you know, like that's, you know, once, that's once he took those two penalties in Dallas, he went and sat at the whole other end of the New Jersey bench by himself. And I don't know if the coach mandated that or if, uh, like, P.K. Subban, or like, I think he was benched for taking those back-to-back penalties that were both really bad. And I, I don't know if he totally secluded himself from the team because the coach asked him to or if he was just pouting. But, you know, yeah. the things that I've heard about P.K. Subban in, in locker rooms and the way that his attitude is, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was P.K. just pouting and just being away from his team that is having a horrible year. He was definitely taking off his game there. Yeah, big time. Yeah, and Jamie kudos. Ben, he Jamie Ben <laughs> got in his head. I thought Jamie Ben should have got one of those penalties. <laughs> I did too. I really did <laughs> but too. But at the same time, I mean, you know, it's so it's fascinating to see teams lose a great player and then all of a sudden be good and yeah. we we talk about um you know, the Islanders, back to the Islanders as ranking number four, this is a team that's done so much better since dropping John Tavares. Right. And I don't think John Tavares was a problem, but no. sometimes the cohesiveness of a team comes together when you lose that star. Yeah. You have no one else to rely on, therefore you got to look each other in the eye. Uh, one note about the Islanders, which mm-hmm. was a tough break, Adam Pellick, who's really a good stay-at-home defenseman with some offensive skills, He's going to miss the rest of the season with an Achilles injury. Ooh. It didn't happen on the ice. It was kind of a freak injury. And for GM Lou Lamorello to come out and say, yeah, he's going to be out already for the rest of the regular season. Yeah. Um, and Lou Lamorello was heartbroken talking about it. I mean, he loves this player. And mm-hmm. Lou Lamorello has been around the league for a long time. So he'll miss the rest of the season. I still think the Islanders, you know, as the fourth ranked team, 
they're going to get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not see Barry Trotz letting this team slide too much. He'll be back for the playoffs, so that's a really good sign for the Islanders, but a tough injury uh, yesterday for them. All right, now at number five, ESPN has the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I wanted to put the Penguins in there Mm -hmm. and probably should have, but I wanted to give props to a team that has not been in my top five all year, basically playing at the same level of uh, the Penguins. But for this team, uh, they started off real slow. There were a lot of question marks. They have the talent, the uh, the availability, sorry, the, the talent, the ability. I have the Vegas Golden Knights as number five. Okay. They and the reason is is they went on top of the Pacific Division. Uh they got off to a real rough start and they're playing much better hockey. Um I love Gerard Gallant as a coach. I wish he was the stars coach. I always found it weird because him and Jim Nil played together, so I thought maybe history together. Yeah. Hey, Gallant's available, make him the head coach just because I love the style that he had in Florida. Uh, when he was with the Panthers, and they were winning back then. And I like the style in Vegas where it's a puck-moving team that is going to bruise you, that is going to check, deep four-checking. I think they have a lot of talent on that team, so I had Vegas as number five. I like it. Where We do this, uh, it's an adopted tradition after like the second or third one. Where do you think ESPN has the Dallas Stars ranked? I'm going to say based on that it was... In the past, that they did this, and this was this was from yesterday. This was one oh, day was ago. From yesterday, this was from one one day ago that this was published. Twelfth, they have them at number ten. Oh, all right, that's good. Moving into the top ten, and they uh, they basically just you know they say that they got to seek stability when you have so many coaches <laughs> rotating. Sorry, um, they just got that sickness coming back. Um, when you have that many you know coaches cycling through and everything like that, that it's tough to sustain some success. Yeah. Uh, I think that's great to be in the top 10. Uh, they're getting some looks, uh, so that's real good. And I'm sure there's even more eyeballs after that Winter Classic victory. Yeah, uh, Beat Detroit tonight. Don't to. have a letdown. Got to. Beat Detroit and then move on. And never easy going on the West Coast. You have a team in the LA Kings that you should play better hockey, but you should beat them. And then you play the Ducks. And uh, so uh, next two out of three. Or two out of three games, mm-hmm. I would take that. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Sweaters Forever podcast brought to you by Choctaw Casino and Resort. Welcome to Choctaw Casino and Resort, the ultimate destination for exciting gaming and live entertainment. Here, winning is never far away. Gavin, it's been another really fun episode. I'm, I actually might just go listen to this episode again myself because I had so much fun talking about the Winter Classic. Man, we with had a you. lot to talk about today. Seriously. This is, this is great. Just for. People that listen to this podcast and, you know, thank you for asking when the next podcast was coming out. Yeah. You know, Shippy sickness delayed it a little bit. Yeah. The other reason is, is we always sit down and say, when should we do it? Because we don't want to make it dated. Right. And as right. it turns out, we were talking before the show, this is a perfect day where you had the Perry incident, you had Montgomery coming out, you had the winter classics. So great to be back with you. Yeah. Stars fans. Like this podcast, give it as many stars as you can. Yeah. Refer it to friends. No pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> Thank Choctaw on behalf of us. Yeah. They're making it happen. So, and a big thanks to you. I know you're on IR and you're coming off IR. Oh, we're good, I've baby. kept you too long. You might go back on IR. <laughs> no. This is hockey, so we're going to call it an upper body injury <laughs> right now, day to day. But hopefully Shippy's back next week because we didn't want Ludwig ever on this show yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> 
Gavin, thanks so much, man. Right, thank buddy. you to everybody who tunes in for this. Please subscribe. Rate us five stars. We love you. We'll see you next week.